Welcome to the Team Building Show for Canadians, the podcast where we build the future, starting today. High-level conversations, real estate strategies, tips and experiences from the top team leaders on real estate in Canada. We don't dream about success. We build it together. Starting now, the Team Building Show for Canadians with your host, Sandy McKay. Welcome to the Team Building Show for Canadians. I'm your host, Sandy McKay, and here at the Team Building Show, it's our mission to create high-level conversations and give you actionable concepts for you to go and implement in your real estate business right away. And before we get into it here, we've got a great guest lined up, and uh, I want to remind everyone, though, to go over, uh, pop on our website, teambuildingshow.ca. You'll be able to subscribe to our, show, to our list so you never miss a show, get updates on all of our good stuff that we're doing, and, and also access all of our other content as we roll it out. Um, like our Facebook page, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, wherever you're watching. Really helps us uh, create more value and get some other great guests. And I uh, would love if you could go over there and give us a five-star review and, uh, and like, subscribe, um, whatever fits, depending on the platform. So uh, we want to get more great guests, just like we got today with Gary Hibbert. Welcome to the show. Sandy, thank you very much for having me here. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been great uh, getting to know you over the years that we've known each other. I mean, we first met back in, what, 2010, 11, somewhere around there. And it's been incredible watching you grow and, and, and what you provide for your community and, and what you've given back to, to people that listen and follow you. So thank you for having me here. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been probably a decade, maybe more, um, that, yeah. we've, that we've known each other or known of each other at least. And uh yeah, we've kind of taken some some paths similarly, some paths not, but I've uh, done a lot of kind of, you know, definitely stuck in the real estate world for, for a while, both of us. So why don't you tell tell us about your, uh, your journey in real estate, how you kind of got into it, and then, you know, maybe a little bit about what you've done along the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've told the story uh, numerous times, obviously now, but uh, I'll try and shake it up a little bit. But I mean, I got back into it back in 2008. And, and the main reason why I did it was because I had come to the realization that um, there was more month than money. And, and my job wasn't going to allow me to outpace inflation. I, and, and I came to this realization when I went into my financial advisor's office to take on my debt, um, consolidate it, put it into my mortgage. And what I realized when I looked up in the index chart was that inflation was doing on average four to 5% a year. If you take a look at a chart of 50 years. And when I did the math, my raise at work, the previous year was a thousand dollars, which was pretty good. You know, you think about it, some people don't even get a raise for several years, but even with that raise of a thousand dollars and based on my income, the increase was like 1.6%. And I was like, ah, I get it. Like mathematically, I just, I cannot outpace inflation just by having a job and, and my house, the home that I was living in, my primary residence had bailed me out three times of all my debts that I was accumulating. And I was like, what if I just had one more? What if I had a hard tangible asset if, 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 and what would that mean for me? And I jumped into it without even really understanding or knowing really what the fundamentals are of real estate. But there was two things that I did that year was one, I did it with a joint venture partner, which I knew nothing about joint ventures or how to create an agreement. It was just really a piece of paper that we agreed that we would do it together. Um, 
And, and number two was to ensure that the property at least cash flowed. And, and, and that's, that, that's really kind of my story from there. The rest is history. Cool. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, uh, you know, 2008, when I hear that date, it sounds like an interesting time to, to get into the real estate world or any type of new venture, uh, given, you know, what we now know in the years, you know, 2008 and the next couple of years were kind of interesting years. Did that yeah. affect you at all? Or was that part of uh, the decision or was that like, holy shit, I just moved into a different job and now the world's falling apart. <laughs> Sorry. Was, so again, what do you mean? Like in regards to why oh, I yeah, yeah. Did how did that did that affect your decision? Just the way the economy was at that you know that well, time. Well, the economy was... didn't even matter to me. I didn't even care if it was going up or down. I just knew that I had to do something different from what I was doing by just having a job. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to get to. Number two was I was also asking a lot of people at work, like, how do we get out of here? And we would have these these conversations at the cooler at our cubicles trying to figure out like how do, how do we get out of this place here's the thing and it's not to knock them by any means it's just that if you're in the same bucket you can't ask those people the solution to get out of it so what i had to do was that i had to start asking the questions to people that were where i wanted to be how did you get to where you were and so the things that i started learning were so different and so against the grain from what I had been previously taught, learned in school, um, just to get me up to this point where like, whoa, hold on a second. I've been told something completely different. And now I'm being told something completely different. And I have to listen to this group over here because they're where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really why I got into it. <clears throat> And so uh, stemming from that, you know, or prior to that, did you have any, you know, on an entrepreneurial kind of background or uh, any, any sort of um, knowledge around that whole side of things or, or how much of a leap were you taking there? Was it a, was it a, out of nowhere or was it a slow kind of gradual thing? No, it was out of nowhere. Now, there was a time in my early 20s when I wanted to be successful. Like I had this thing where um, I didn't even remember um, – Oh man, I can't remember what it was called again now, but it was, I used to listen to a lot of these infomercials back in my early twenties and I'd be up till one, two o'clock in the morning and I would see like Tom Vu, Tom Vu was on. Yeah, this I was hoping he'd say Tommy Vu. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Vu was like, you know, one of my, uh, my early inspirations of like, holy, this is incredible where he was on this boat and he was buying real estate and, you know, he, he, he was talking, you know, he had this very heavy accent where he was like, look, if I can do it, you can do it too. And so that was like the first steps of kind of learning about entrepreneurship and seeing other people where I wanted to be. But I just, you know, it's exciting at the time when you see it, but you just don't know if you can get there. And then you get caught up in the job. Then we had kids when we were young. And then that dream just kind of got put to the side because I was like, well, I got to wake up. I got to go put food on the table. I got to put diapers on these kids. And uh, you, you kind of forget about your dreams. And, that, and that's essentially what happened. I shelved it for, for you know, well over a decade. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you transitioned into, into looking at some real estate options and, you know, you know opportunities. Um, when you first got into the real estate world, um, you, weren't, you weren't a realtor right away. What, what, no. was the, what was the path? How did you, you were looking to buy properties and, and carve a path out, you know, down that side of things. Was, what, did it, what ended up happening there? What did you build up? So after that first property and I got that first taste of like, wow, I can actually do this. 
Um, I then went out and reached out to my brother-in-law at the time and said, hey, look, you know what? I want to see if we can build a real estate portfolio and buy some more property because the path that I'm going down and having this job is just not going to work for me. I just, I can't see how it's going to get me to where I want to be. The other thing as well, too, that I want to add into is that Darlene worked at Bank of Montreal. So she was in the branch. And I remember asking her, I'm like, do me a favor. When you go into the office tomorrow, take a look at people's accounts because she had access to everybody's accounts and stuff, obviously, when they're coming in and take a snapshot of like, where are people, who are the people that are where we are and who are the people that are where we want to be? And when she came back home, she's like, you know, what's so crazy is that everybody that are where we are right now, they are paycheck to paycheck. They're driving these fancy cars. They come in with these incredible clothing and jackets, but they didn't have the assets and everybody that was where we wanted to be had real estate. So that there alone was also another trigger point for us as well, too. And then the second property that I purchased, um, I didn't know how to screen tenants. This was now when I'm actually starting to figure out, hold on, I don't really understand this real estate investment thing. The first property I got, I, I got lucky. The second one, I didn't understand what I was really doing. And this is when now I started looking for a better way to invest in real estate, started looking for investment clubs um, like Rain and uh, Rockstar. And there was a number of other ones. And, and I was driving out to these events to learn from other people going up on stage and like, wow, there, there's, there's, a, there's fundamentals to this. There's systems to this. There's processes to this. But more importantly, that people that were in this room were there willing and able and wanting to help you, which is so different from when you're in the corporate world. Whereas like, yeah. hey, look, I'll give you a little bit of information, but I can't give it to you all because you're going to leapfrog over me, right? And so that was such a huge eye-opener for me where going out, taking somebody for lunch or dinner, and they're just, they're laying it out for you. And you're like, this is crazy. And that was really the start of it all. And then I learned joint ventures, really understanding it, um, you know, from a, one of our peers, uh, Stefan Arnio. Uh, who's no longer with us, but man, he wrote yeah. that one book, uh, Money People Deal. That yeah. was such a game changer for me because now I was actually starting to get true fundamentals, how to have the conversations and then understanding that there's so much more that I can actually do with my life and, mm -hmm. and started to try and believe in myself. Cool. And then, yeah, you built up you know a good business um, investing in real estate. And teaching others to help and helping them investing in real estate. Um, you know, I know. And then, um, when was it that you got your realtor license? How? What, what, how long so I got my realtor license in end of twenty thirteen, and then yeah. twenty fourteen is when I when I made the leap around April or May. And then, did you did you get the realtor license? Was that kind of to to leave the corporate world indefinitely? Was that the thought around that time, or that was part of the thought? So we had started our real estate investment club around twenty ten. And when we started that club, <laughs> think about it. I didn't know anything about real estate investing at the time. <laughs> right. But I started it with the idea of I am going to be as transparent as possible to share the success that I was having, the failures along the way, um, the offers that I was putting in, what was working, what wasn't working. So not only was I teaching people, well, you know, like the 20 followers that I had <laughs> at the time. Yeah. But I was also journaling and learning uh, from what it was that I was doing and going out and taking action. So that was the one big thing to learn in the beginning. Like, just take action. Don't be scared to fail. Uh, and, uh, 
and but it's a difficult in the beginning though right because you don't want to fail but I, I really kind of immersed myself in it and saying look let me just learn and teach uh, as as much as I can along the way and 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 so when I got the real estate license and I also had a partner at the time I saw how busy he was getting as well too and I was like wow if I can even just say do four or five transactions a year you know that could definitely help put some food in the table and when I finally made a decision, we had written down on the whiteboard that we wanted to have at least X amount of money coming in that covered our mortgage payments. That was it. I didn't care about gas payments. I didn't care about car payments. I didn't care about anything else. I was like, if I just have enough money to cover my mortgage payments and have a, a plan that we can execute, I'm ready to rock and roll and let's see what happens. And, and that was really the start of it all. So, you know, there was obviously some risk and, and, fear in doing that but you know i look back at it now and man i would i would i would do it again that you know when you look back at it now like that's the that was actually the most exciting time of my life of, yeah starting out yeah of not knowing potentially what could happen is this going to work is it not going to work because when i left too you got to remember there was a lot of people that i worked with like don't do it don't leave you're jeopardizing your family you've got the kids and man, it, it's, it was a, an incredibly fearful time. And here's two things, maybe this might help people too, if they're listening to that. There's two things that I did that allowed me to get over that hump. Number one, I went and I did the CN Tower Walk. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I was fearful of heights. And then number two, um, I did a boys trip and went to Cuba and we skydived. Okay. Nice. And so then I was like, if these two things don't kill me, leaving my job, definitely will not kill me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, that, and that was a rational, rational thinking that I had at the time, whether it was right or wrong, I did it. And uh, it's, been, it's been a great ride so far. Cool. Yeah, those are those are some scary, uh, scary points in life when you're falling out of uh, or falling out or walking across something that, you know, you're you can see the end right below you and, yeah. uh, and it doesn't come. Yeah, you can overcome almost anything. Yeah, exactly. So what, uh, what, so how did, how did it play out in terms of, um, the, cause you were doing the investor side and realtor side kind of in hand to hand. Yeah. How did you manage both sides of that? And like, how did you end up, what did it look like from going from like your, you and yourself versus you and now a few people around you, team members helping you grow? Yeah. So then what ended up happening was if you remember, we used to do, uh, the investor forum. And so by doing that, um, I, all, I then met, uh, well, Quinton. Prior to that, I'd actually met Chris Hummel at a Durham REI meeting. And yeah. so we had similar ideas. We were trying to uh, build our real estate investment portfolio. But more importantly, we actually enjoyed spending time with each other. And then from that, um, we then decided to kind of start working together. And so that it, it really kind of happened um, organically um, because I was having an overflow of clients with the advertising that I was doing, the social media presence that I had, the investment club and meetings that I was doing that Chris and Quinton, they didn't actually have that presence, but they had the knowledge and the expertise of the real estate investor from going to these investment clubs that I was going to as well too, outside of smart from choice. And, and we came together and, and we figured out a way to kind of grow this business together. And since then we, we, we were still together. We, we conduct um, a business um, and meet, we actually just came from a meeting uh, with them as well too. 
but try to align our goals together, but also have fun along the way. And I think that's also the important part as well is that it's not just only just making money and growing a portfolio, but you also want to do it with people that you enjoy doing it with too and having fun and having some good laughs. And uh, we had a great laugh today at lunch and uh, over some beers and, and, but also then sharing ideas of where do we go next? How do we grow the business? How do we help other people? What do we want to do in the next year or two? Cool. Yeah. And, and I love that you had a couple of beers before the show that always helps bring out some more truth in everyone. Uh, thanks, exactly. thanks for revealing that. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and I've seen you too over the last, I don't know how long, a few years or so. It seems like you've kind of developed more, almost, I can see you're, you're transitioning in some ways, like really focusing on a bit of a lifestyle and, and making sure that, that it's a fun journey and not just work, 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 just for the sake of it, right? I, right. I think that's, that's how it seems to me like that's been a bit of a, maybe that's been a shift in, in your mindset or maybe that's always been the path. Like, how has how that transitioned from, or is it the same and you just kind of are showcasing more think, of your fun stuff you're doing? I think it's always been there, but I think I'm getting more comfortable with showing it and sharing it, right? Because one of the things that we did in the beginning when we started Smart Home Choice and we knew that it was going to take some time away from the kids is we wrote Smart Home Choice in the middle. And then we asked the kids, we sat down. I remember doing this saying, hey, what do you guys want from this company? What do you guys want from this business? And we didn't care how crazy their idea was. They're like, hey, we want a mascot. I'm like, all right, cool. What else do you guys want? Like, we want a million dollars a month. All right, beautiful. What? How much How much time do you guys want off? You want two months off a year? That'd be cool. And they're like, yeah, let's do two months. And I'm like, holy, how about we do four months? And so by doing that, we started to allow not only ourselves to dream big, but also to show the kids the ability and how to dream big as well too. And so we're like, well, wow, can we actually take four months off a year? And so we take July and August off, and then we also take uh, December and, and January off. Now, we still do some work during those times, but I can tell you this though, that's the best way that I've been able to find to actually implement a four hour work week. Right. right. You know, and, and, and the other thing as well, too, is you're saying, like, was that always there? Um, it, it was always there, but I don't think that it was fully implemented. Like we we're trying to do it along the way. We did shut down um, the company over those months, but we we're still still doing a lot of work. And here's, I think, really the tipping point was when we got to cottage. Yeah, then when we got that cottage in 2017 and then actually now not having the internet service up there to be able to, to work. Um, it allowed us now to spend more time with friends and family. And then it also, I think it was just probably the most important was that then I learned the importance of return on time. Return on time was so much more important than, ROI is important, don't get me wrong, but return on time, there's something so much more powerful with that because um, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. And, uh, and so for me, that's an important time of the year. It allows me to also quiet things down, to put myself into me at more of a creative mode. But then I can also tell you this, by the end of summer, I literally just, I don't want to relax anymore. <laughs> and, and that now was also a realization that you also need passion in your life. Because then now if I retire twice a year, well, then now I never have to worry about retiring when I'm 65 because I retire in the summer and I retire in the winter. And so then now, why do I need to worry about a, a time of retirement if I'm doing it twice a year? 
You know, people say, oh, well, if I retire, man, I'm going to land a beach. Go and land a beach for a year. I bet you you can't do it. They, I'll put money on it. Yeah, most people that enjoy enjoy some elements of working at least or will not be able to do that for long. Mm-hmm. And if and if they do, often, I mean, often the the the, the – I don't know if there's data around that, but often people are not far away from like death. Ultimately, once they fully, fully retire and just chill, there's like what you know, what is their what is there in life, right? Like, yeah, there's family stuff, whatever, but it's they lose that passion for for going about their day to day. And um, cool. So, um, and that's what I you know that's I think the whole purpose of a business is to to build that life by design. So whatever that looks like for you, it's it's you know having those four months off with the kids. I love how you did that early on versus the, you, you kind of have that end in mind or it's not the end, but that, that setup that you wanted to, to create and then just went out and, and did it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't really consider that at the beginning, right? They just go nuts and try and build and build and build and who knows where they end up. And then it's, you wake up one day and go, this isn't what I, what I was working. This is what I, what I wanted. Why did, how did I end up here? Yeah. And, and the cool thing about it too, is that what we've realized is that by doing that, our members, our investors that work with us, they've seen it. They know what we're doing. And so we, we, we practice what we preach and there's still, it creates, it's still like this loyalty of like, wow, they can do it. We can do it as well too. Right. And that's what I, I like. About it. And I bet you, I bet you, you, you know, you also attract the people that you want to work with through that because you're, you're attracting people that are attracted to that. And so they got no problem with you doing that. They wanted to do the same. Right. 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, here's a creative thing as well, too. You mean, so right on that is that when we did that, we're like, Hey, we want to have a hundred members and then we're going to stop. And because I've always said that we've never broken the hundred member mark. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. We always hover between 80 to like 90, 95. And I think it's because I've put it out into the universe. And it's also because we are not trying to be the biggest and the largest real estate investment club out there. We're happy with the amount of investors that we have. It's great a number of people that we can manage myself, Chris Quinton. I've also brought on one other realtor um, to kind of help out. And, and it's enough. And, and we're, we're happy. We're content with it. It puts enough food on all of our tables to be able to do what we want to do in life. And I think that's what it is, awesome. you know? Yeah. And I think that's important. I think sometimes, and I know for me too, you get caught up in seeing what some of your peers are doing. You're like, well, they've got a hundred doors. I should have a hundred doors. If they've got 500 doors, I should have 500 doors. And I think what people need to realize is just write down what it is that you want in life and then focus on that and not worry about what other people are doing. I was was having a conversation about that earlier today with with someone around the the like infatuation we get with these numbers and these, you know, if, in a, if it's an investor, it's like type amount of doors or it's a realtor, it's number of deals or amount of commission or volume, whatever the numbers are. I mean, the, the realtor side, all those numbers are almost irrelevant anyways. It's about the profit, which nobody talks about. Um, right. Investors, it's, you know, you can have a hundred doors and be all underwater. Like it's, 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 it's kind of irrelevant. It's just about what, what you need to have for your life and what your life looks like. And everyone else is going to do what they do, but. There's a, exactly. there's a lot of there's not, there's not a lot of satisfaction. If there is, it's very very short term in, in hitting a certain door number or you know a certain volume of sales. It's it's pretty short term and and right. uh, and not and I know I've learned that over the years that, and I, through striving for things like that and then wake up and going I don't know if that was that's it's not that exciting. What the heck what was that? What was the point in all that? 
right? And, and I think you learn that along the way, especially doing what you do, Sandy, and the interviews and the people that you've talked to, that you realize that um, some people are not happy when they, when they get to where they thought they would be happy. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you have to take a step back and say, well, hold on a second. Is this really where I want to go? You know, and that was a conversation I remember having with uh, Dave Butler, who was one of my early mentors that I've learned a lot from over the years. And uh, when I was getting into the apartment space building, and again, I want to make sure I'm very clear. I'm not, I'm not knocking it by any means. And he's like, you know, Gary, what's next for you in 2017? I'm like, I think I'm going to get apartment buildings. And he, and I think he saw that I wasn't super excited about it. And he goes, yeah, that's mm-hmm. one way of doing it. And then I had to take a step back and say, well, what do you mean that's one way of doing it? Like, what other ways are there? And then we started taking a look at different avenues and, and, and we got, went down to private lending space saying, yeah, maybe I don't need that many doors. Maybe now if I can lend my money out to then free up time and then really take a look at what makes me happy, which is helping people, showing them maybe their first investment property and doing podcasts. That's what really brings me joy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think if you can carve out pieces of your business that you still enjoy doing, then why not continue to keep doing it? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think, I think people, some, often people need to go through that, you know, whatever they're striving for initially and maybe learn that it maybe wasn't what they thought. And then they, then they kind of second, second time around, they figure it out and, and, and go down a bit of a different path. That seems to be, that's what I see a lot, especially in younger entrepreneurial types that are maybe in their twenties or early thirties type thing. And there's just not maybe that maturity yet, that life experience to, to let them realize that there's a little more to life than just, you know, whatever, whatever number or amount of money or whatever they're chasing. Yeah. And, and that's what it is though, right. Is that, you know, there's this, that one picture you see all the time on social media where it says, you know, what success looks like and what people think success looks like. So people think it looks like this, really success is like this. And this is what life is all about. It's about trying to figure it out, going up and down and backwards, taking a step back to sometimes take two steps forward. Um, But that's just part of the journey and part of uh, um, the the enjoyment of doing this in this entrepreneurial world, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, so. Cool. so what's the what's the business look like today? What do you what do you what do you in the months that you do work uh, or focus on work? <laughs> um, what's 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 the what's the realtor or investment business look like? What are you focusing on? Yeah, so there's a couple different aspects of businesses that we're working on today. So um, we've got the real estate investment club, which is Smart Home Choice, uh, and this is where it's an education company where we teach people how to run their numbers, take them out, show them properties, do property tours. Zoom calls with experts in the industry, mastermind live events where, you know, we just started kind of doing that again um, with everything that's been happening in the world. So that's smart home choice, one-stop shop to help you buy one, 10, 15 properties, whatever it is that you're looking to do or achieve in your real estate investment, um, you know, uh, adventure. Um, Then I also am a co-owner of a brokerage which is called Our Neighborhood Realty. And so what we did with that was we took Smart Home Choice, kind of married it to that brokerage where now we teach the agents how to not only just be great real estate agents, but also how to be real estate investment focused agents as well too, to then also help them to then uh, assist, help uh, their clients buy investment properties by sometimes tapping into the equity of the home. 
Um, and so we've got that. And then we also have a private lending company uh, called Deep Pockets, where uh, we, we've got all these investors that we work with now, but we also realize that not everybody wants to invest in real estate. Some people just want more of the passive. And so we started that company, but I don't know a whole lot about it. And what I've learned <laughs> over the years is to partner with people that are, are, are smarter than you or experts in a particular field. Uh, and so I, I've got uh, just three of us in that particular business. Um, and then I think probably one of the favorite things that I enjoy doing is a podcast. Um, and the podcast really just kind of started off as just fun interviewing people, learning from other experts in the industry. Um, but now I love it so much that uh, I like sitting down with somebody and having a drink with them and sharing their story uh, and, and just doing it, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a conversation where it's unscripted mm -hmm. and, and learning in real time, but also having the listeners hear me have my aha moments as well, too, in real time. And, that, and that's fun. Cool. Yeah. Uh, sharing content in any form is always, you know, interviewing people talking about, you know, stuff and just sharing it is always a, for me too. It's a, it's a fun, it's a passion. It's a, it's, you know, ha having people learn through the conversations you're having and the, in 2022, there's so many ways to do that. Um, it's always a fun way to, to add value and, and, uh, and share experiences. Um, what's the show called? The podcast. Uh, it's called uh, real talk with Gary. Wealth, health and, and everything in between. And, and, awesome. and, I, and I called it that was because I, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself just into real estate investing because I had a feeling that I might want to maybe move in a different directions. And I, and I, and I do from time to time. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll, let's kind of see, I guess, where it goes. But, uh, yeah, that's what it's called. So you got a few things on the go there. What, how do you what, what sort of do you have any systems or any life sort of schedules? Or how do you work all that into, you know, the time that you do have to spend on it? Yeah, I mean, the, the best way to do it is, well, in the beginning, I mean, man, I wore multiple hats. I was a promoter. I was the advertiser. I was a realtor. I was an IT guy. I was everything. Um, and, uh, and one of the scariest things in the beginning is now hiring like an, an admin because you don't think that you've got the money or you don't. You really don't sometimes in the beginning have the money to do it. But once you're able to get to that part or that time in your business, and you're able to do it, then it allows you and frees up more time to now work on your business as opposed to just in your business. Um, and so that was an, an important uh, part, I think, in, in our journey in, in, in building our businesses. And then obviously having the team, you know, Chris and Quentin and, and, and Ryan, um, to allow me to not have to be going out all the time and, and, and helping clients look for investment properties uh, so that I can now focus on building that business. And so we all sit down again on a weekly basis, go through what we need to do and get done for that week. Um, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a plan your day before you start your day, right? And I think that's really important is, is communication. The communication realizing that not everything goes right. We learn from it. Even when we do our events or Zoom calls, what can we do better? It's always, always about improving, um, changing things up, realizing that sometimes even when you do change things, that sometimes you have to go back to the way that you were doing it before because you've changed it so much that it's not working anymore. And so it's always, you know, you're, you're always learning as you go. And, and I think if anybody thinks that, 
you know, that is, you can just do it and, and set it and forget it. it. It's not true. And what I've learned over the years is the importance of being able to pivot and adapt, pivot and adapt all the time. I go back and take a look at some of the newsletters that I sent back, sent out and like, oh, interest rates are changing or this is changing or that's changing. Real estate investors are never going to be the same. The market's never going to be the same. And so all you got to do is learn to pivot and adapt. And I think if you do that, you'll, you'll, you'll see that anything is really possible at the end of the day. But you have to have a game plan. You got to map it out um, and, and not just hope that things are going to work out. Yeah, there's certainly lots, lots to be said about pivoting and change and, and being able to adapt. I mean, we could, we could rhyme off lots of companies that have challenges with that. And then uh, Blockbuster is always my, an easy example that, I, that comes to mind for me where they, you know, even at the biggest level, they mm-hmm. kind of failed to pivot. At least they maybe didn't fail to pivot completely, but they failed to do it fast enough to keep up mm-hmm. with all the shifting, you know, elements in the, in the market, right? And uh, and and certainly lost out on uh, on what what turned out to be a huge opportunity there that probably a lot of us didn't realize. But um, just that whole industry shifted, and uh, yeah. real estate we're often not ex- accustomed to that big of a shift necessarily. But there's always little elements of of the business shift, like you said, interest rates. I mean, we're talking on a day here that is not, you know, we're just removed from that sort of a shift and, and who knows what that's going to bring in the market. Um, it's certainly not going to mean that everything we did last month or last, uh, last year is, is still going to work, right? We need to, we need to be constantly looking at tweaking that and adjusting. Yeah. And, and I think when you get a comfortable, a, a comfortable with change and, and, and adapting, it doesn't, it, it then allows you not to be as nervous or scared with what's happening. You know, like, you know, I, I look at what's happening right now in the market. And for me, it's like, oh, okay, this is exciting stuff because it's, it's changing very quickly. How do I adapt? How do I pivot? How do I, how do I get ahead of it? Maybe I'm running my numbers different now and, 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 and sharing those ideas and, and seeing what other people are doing and just trying to see. Here's, here's I think, what's really important is not, not going where the masses are going. Yeah. So if everybody's moving this way, this is the walking dead. And if the herd is going that way, then you got to go the other way. And if you go the other way, then you got to now really pay attention and really kind of dig into some of the data, um, do some um, some market research and then saying, OK, cool. If 80 percent is going this way, 20 percent is going that way. Let me see what the 20 percent are doing and why they're doing it. I mean, that's your, that's your, that's your, right back to the beginning of what we were talking about when in 2008, right? That's your, that's kind of the herd has gone, you know, one path and you realize through investigating a little deeper that that probably isn't the greatest path for like for, for what you wanted to build at least. Yeah. And the small percentage that's doing it this other way, which is probably the harder way in, in a lot of ca- many cases, um, at least harder short term. Um, but that's often what it is. It's often the hard work that people are running from, or the, the, the it's a it's a it's a scary way to go. Typically, against the herd, it's the scariest way to go. But that's the best way to go, at least from my analysis from 2008. Even when in 2014, when I was told don't leave, and I, and I went against the grain, and I did. 2017, when the market took that pit as well too, and I was like, okay, this is yeah. the time to buy. And so, you anytime you see the, the fear going that way, you got to go the other way. You know, I mean, Warren Buffett says it best, right? Be, be fearful when people are greedy and greedy when people are fearful. Yeah. I always thought I was, you know, we was talking about that in a few months back now where, um, cause it was always, you work with lots of investors. You always get the people are trying to time the market and get it at the right time and all that. And, 
And people are always, when the market's really hot, you get a lot of those people saying, well, I'm going to wait till the market dips and then I'm going to jump in and all that. And, and I always, you know, then I'm, I'm day to day proving that it's getting proven right now. This, this thought of mine where it's just like, like, I'm going to call, I, I love, let's talk to you when it dips and let's see if you're ready to take action. Cause people say it all the time and they don't even, first of all, you don't know when to hit the bottom cause you never know until it in hindsight. Yeah. But even around that period of where it's in the bottom, people aren't taking action. Like that's, that's the hardest time to actually jump in. So, yeah. you know, human uh, psychology is such an interesting thing because in January and February, it was a fear of missing out. Well, if everybody's buying, I got to buy as well too. Yeah. And then now when nobody's buying or it's definitely, you know, decrease and there's a lot more homes in the market will now say, well, interest rates are going up. So let me see where they go. Yeah. But this is what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a pick your poison. What's your poison? Do you want multiple offers or do you want rising rates? And if, and if you're investing in real estate, I mean, ultimately a deal, there's deals to be had at any moment. So you just gotta, you know, stick with a, a plan strategy. If it makes sense, it makes sense. You know, generally it's about sticking in the the market long term and that's where you that's where you you make out really well and and it's a slower process though it's not really a get rich quick thing like uh like some people might want it to be at times um and i guess you can in in moments but it's it's really a a longer term approach i think is is where people really excel exactly right like if you think that you're gonna be rich in a year or two years um like it was in the last two years that 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 was an uh that wasn't normal that was abnormal yeah and, we got lucky. yeah for sure right and that was just like th- that that extension of that hockey stick curve like it just it just took off and like, shot up like a rocket but that is not normal no. you know and when you start hearing people think saying that oh look you can just buy an investment property and pull everything out in six months well that's not normal you know exactly. and, and you know look if you, if you if you buy right yes but you're not always going to have a home run yeah, and it's hard to know for sure until until you're in it and done. To, you know, you, you kind of yeah, pick your strategy, pick your your property, go for it when it makes sense. But you never really know what you're you're going to be looking at until in in a project like a rental project or something until down the road. Things can shift, right? If someone bought, we're seeing that today with all the the shifting market backwards, where people would have bought you know a few months back, it would be hard to predict what where the market would be today, which is significantly down in most cases. Exactly. Um, and here's the thing I will tell people is just do it. Just jump in. And here's what here's where you learn is in your failures. You don't learn in your success. Because success means that, well, then everything that you planned worked exactly how you thought it was going to work. So you already knew everything. So you don't learn from your success. You learn from your failures. You learn. And those are like if I was going to do a joint venture partnership with somebody, I would rather do it with somebody that's failed many times. Because then now they've seen a lot more things that could potentially go wrong. I don't mm-hmm. want to invest with somebody who's only successful. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and I, I know it might sound weird, but it's, it's the truth. Because I know that now this person is well-rounded. Makes sense. I think that's a good, a good you know, question to ask people if they're looking at investing, they're looking at talking with realtors that they're looking to interview or whatever situation is in front of them in real estate or in life. It's... You know, yeah, would talk to me about the things that have gone wrong because if all you're going to tell me is it's all perfection, that's you know, I think most most of us could call BS on that pretty fast. Um, right. I don't know too many success stories that has been all success. Uh, if they're if they're saying that, then it's you know maybe they're hiding something. Right. Um, and I think the only way you could have that would be 
here's a great analogy is if you ran across a football field and there was no linebackers and you spiked yeah. the football, okay, there, there, there there's a, right? So that means the, the game was probably maybe rigged in your favor. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So uh, you, you work with a lot of investors. What, what would be advice for a realtor? If they're working with a lot of investors, how, how, how do you help your uh, your agents and, and, and people in your office? How do you help them work with investors? Is there any like one, one or two key tips or strategies that you would uh, that you'd share with a realtor who wants to engage with that, that kind of niche? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things, right? One is, you know, you, you want to maybe shadow a real estate agent who's been working with lots of real estate investors over the years uh, to uh, attend webinars or listen to Zoom calls specifically focused on real estate investing, right? So you, you want to surround yourself with the people that are, that are where you, you want to be. That that's I think probably the most important thing, mm-hmm. um, and and not and not saying things or winging it if you don't know the answer to it, right? I think that's that's the most important thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Realizing that you know it's okay if you don't know it all, just get comfortable with knowing where to go. Where do I get the answer to that particular question that an investor had? Right? Yeah, and hanging hanging around the right people and the people have been there, done that as a, you know, as a mentor or, or coaching relationship of some sort that, yeah. that, that certainly helps you find the answers a lot faster. For sure. Because real estate investing, there's a lot to it. And I know, and I think sometimes we don't realize it uh, because we've been in it for so long and we've listened to it for so long. Like look how long we've been in it now, Sandy, you know, it's gone by yeah. very quick. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I realize this, uh, every time I've brought in a new realtor who doesn't know much about real estate investing to try to train them and a year goes by and I realize, wow, they still, they're getting better, but there's still so much that they don't know because there's, there's so much to it, complexity from landlord and tenant board to the different rules and regulations for the different municipalities, height, driveway, like, like there's so much joint ventures, agreements, like, you know, you, you, we can go down a million rabbit holes where we could have, I think, very in-depth conversation, but somebody new to it, you know, like, you know, you say the word VTD and they're like, what's a VTD? But we've yeah. been in for so long and sometimes you forget how much you know, right? So you so surround true. yourself with people that have been in the game for a long period of time because they can't help but rub off on you. Yeah. And I'll shorten their learning curve, right? That'll help you get there a lot faster. You'll just, you'll, you'll be forced to go learn what a VTD is or what a um, rent to own is or whatever language you're hearing for the first time. You'll, 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 you'll either know it. uh, Yeah. You'll know it a lot faster. You'll be forced to, um, and you'll learn and grow faster. Great advice. Uh, What, what's next for you? What's uh, what's coming for your, 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 your investing, your teams, your brokerage, anything exciting on the horizon? I think we're going to continue to grow the brokerage. You know, um, but personally, I would say I'm, I'm looking at now more. I think COVID has opened this up for me is, is seeing if we get more to geographical freedom, getting into more diversifying my portfolio and, and looking at investing in other countries. And that, that's kind of what we're looking at at this point in time. Um, so that's what we're focusing on. Um, you know, we're looking at a couple of different countries right now, sitting down, having some conversations with realtors in other countries and lawyers in other countries and, and seeing where's the best place to, to diversify. That's, that's what I'm looking at right now. A lot of people 
talking that that similar language around that a lot of people are curious or, or already done it through covid or they're you know they're looking for we just the geography of things have kind of it's kind of gone away in a lot of a lot of a lot of ways right you can do so much from so far that that's a lot more viable yeah um, and you know the world's kind of cool it's kind of fun yeah. to travel and be in some different places places for sure and, and and so i think geographical freedom i i would say is really what sums it up right is that being able to be in another part of the world with the technology that we have today to still continue to operate and run my business, um, even though I may not be in that country. That's, that's essentially where I would like to get to. Cool. Sounds exciting. I'm looking forward to, to watching your journey on that and uh, hopefully maybe learning something from you as you explore that. Uh, what, who, who should reach out to you? Who would be a good person to connect with you uh, if they're looking to learn about this stuff or they're you know, looking to invest in, in you know, what, what area you serve and, and who's best to reach out? Yeah, I, I think I, I really enjoy talking to people who are new to the game and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start what should I do? I like that. And then the other one that I, that I enjoy talking with too, as well too, are people that have maybe hit that brick wall and they're like, how do I continue to grow? Because I, I really like this real estate investment thing, but I don't know where to turn to, or I don't know how to continue to, to scale my portfolio. Um, those are the two areas I would say that I excel in because I've, I've gone through that personally. And, and so I think that's what you should always be looking for are our coaches or mentors, that have walked that walk and have had those similar experiences that you're looking to uh, acquire. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, like I said, looking forward to watching you on your journey ahead here. And um, thanks for sharing so much. And, uh, you know, if this is resonating with, with you out there, if you're listening or watching somewhere and you're, you're hearing some of this stuff, you want to reach out to Gary, definitely do that. He's got some great knowledge. And uh, maybe he's your next, you know, mentor or someone you can you can kind of pave the path for you and where you want to go. So reach out. Um, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Gary? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me would uh, just be on social media. So you can find me on Instagram, Gary Hibbert. You can do a search on Facebook, Gary Hibbert. Um, or if you want to email me, Gary at smarthomechoice.ca um, or smarthomechoice.ca. Perfect. Thanks so much. Uh, that's a wrap. Great episode. Um, thank you again. And uh, reach out to me if you want uh, to learn any more about these shows that we're doing or you want to be a guest or you have a topic you want to learn about, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can find me across the social networks as well. And uh, we'd be happy to put together um, some shows based on what you want to hear. So thanks again, Gary. And uh, have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Team Building Show for Canadians. Hope you enjoy it and find valuable information that helps you to start building your future today. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and give a like to the show. Remember, you can listen to it across your favorite podcast platform, as well as Facebook and YouTube.